And now, for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, PNR with This Old Marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, content marketers. I'm Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 46 of PNR's This Old Marketing, recorded on Monday, September 29th, 2014. Are you feeling confused? Are you trying to figure out why your new iPhone isn't called the curve? Does finding an invite for the new social network Ello have you baffled? Does using the new social network Ello have you baffled? Does the reason why Ello even exists have you baffled? Well, no, look no further than the answers because we here at PNR are here for you every single week. You can always get your PNR a dose of straight answers at This Old Marketing by subscribing via iTunes or Stitcher. And as always, you can stop by the blog post on Saturdays at thisoldmarketing.com, where you'll find all the links to the news and everything we rant and rave about here. All right, enough of that LO stuff. It's time to get this show rocking and rolling and welcome my colleague, my co-host, and good, good friend coming from Cleveland, Ohio, just off of his tour through Eastern Europe, the, dare I say it, inbound marketing of content marketing, <laughs> Mr. Joe Polizzi. How are you, my friend? How are you doing? How was Europe? Actually, um, Europe was fantastic. Great, great friends in Slovenia. Oh, I got to uh, see you know, our good friend of CMI, Nanad Senek, and he was fantastic host and took me up to the castle there and when I ran out of breath. And, oh, but no, fantastic. I mean, it was great. They gave me – it was really nice. They gave me an honorary award for contributions to Slovenia. So I saw I, that, the Pomp and Circumstance Award. I, I was, was totally <laughs> floored. But I got to tell you, this is their fifth – anniversary of the event that the pop forum team has been running and and totally impressed i mean they had me back because it was the fifth anniversary i did the first one and they're doing some great things they've seen growth in that event every year they sell more than 200 and for a small country like slovenia i mean really really good innovation going on there so hats off to them and i hear uh you're in arkansas now correct uh, I am. Yeah, it's a, it's it's like Slovenia a little bit. I think I don't know. Maybe not. Um, it is. Yeah, I'm here in lovely Rogers, Arkansas, um, and there is only one company. If you're in Arkansas, you're here to see one company, and that is to go kiss the ring. That is Walmart. Um, I'm actually keynoting a a, a talk uh, hosted by the ANA tomorrow um, with the CMO of Walmart, and so hopefully I'll get to meet him and and understand all the wonderful things from a content marketing and content strategy perspective that Walmart is doing. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, yes, here in Rogers, Arkansas. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know if you were there to see the, the new Clinton baby. I mean, maybe that was, it could have been (laughs) it. Exactly. I could have, I could have been, although I think that would have been down a little rock. Yes. Of of course. Of course. Yes. (laughs) Of course. All right. Well, shall we? I think we should. Yes, we got lots of good stuff to talk about this week. It was quite a busy week. It was indeed. All right. Well, all right. Well, here we go with our first top news story, and this may keep us occupied for some time. Um, This was a an article that came out last week, and it's the difference between inbound marketing and content marketing, produced by our good friends over at the HubSpot. And uh, by our good, good friend, Joe Chernoff, of course, who is a friend and family member of the show and, uh, of course, CMI and has been around forever, content marketer of the year one year. And he writes a post um, in the HubSpot blog that talks about why it's important uh, that we look at content marketing as a subset of inbound marketing and goes on to explain this wonderful research that they've done uh, that uh, consumers have spoken and they have proclaimed inbound marketing as the master of all and content marketing is subservient to that. And then he goes on to sort of explain that uh, it's really important that we do understand this and that there really isn't an an or or an and uh, that basically content is important within an inbound strategy. And and there you go. Um, did this this is deja vu all over again, isn't it, Joe? I mean, didn't didn't we have this discussion two uh, years actually ago? Actually, it was three years ago, so it was 2011, and it was actually it was it was a couple things that happened at HubSpot at the time, but basically they were really starting to create a search engine optimization strategy around the term content marketing, or that's what we believed it to be. And then a lot of articles started coming out about content marketing, which were, I mean, just to be frank about it, they were incorrect. 
And that's where you and I, we put together, we should put this in the show notes. We put together kind of our, here's content marketing and here's inbound marketing. And we didn't really want to do it, but we did it because we felt it was important and there was a lot of confusion in the marketplace about it. So we decided, um, you know, we were covering this today. I think we need to say it. And I wasn't really going to cover it. I, I was at Joe Chernoff's session, which, by the way, love Joe. Nothing against Joe personally at all. And there's we're not trying to pick a fight or anything. But I was at Joe's session at Inbound, and I caught this, and I told him, hey, I want to see that. And, of course, they came out with the report, and Joe did the, the blog post on Inbound um, versus content marketing. But we had a number of people on Twitter and a number of people email me saying, hey, what's your take? So we thought, what better way than for you and I to discuss it here on the show? Yeah. Um, I have lots of takes on it. Um, I guess the first thing that went through my mind was why are they doing this? And they actually, I think they... (laughs) Well, isn't it (laughs) obvious why they're doing it? I mean, come on. I mean, that's, I mean, hello, right? (laughs) Well, what's interesting is... They even go through it in their own report. Um, so their in state of inbound report, they go through the fact that the majority of people out there are using content marketing as a term versus inbound. Right. And they, they basically use Google Trends to show that. And it's a big gap now. It wasn't a big gap two years ago. Now it's a fairly big gap. It's way more than 50% uh, or I'm sorry, way more than 100% difference in the in the growth uh, the gap between those two. So there's there's that. So I think I can see that, okay, well, you know, we need to, to do something here because everybody's using content marketing and, and we need to get them, get them set on inbound. But, I, you know, you and I were talking before and you had a really interesting take as to why they decided to do this. And I'd, I'd love to hear your take on it. Well, I mean, I th- look, I'm not going to try and, you know, because, I mean, my overall takeaway here is I don't really care how yeah, they define inbound. Um, you know, the last time we had this discussion with somebody at inbound, I got yelled at because I was told it was synonymous, that content marketing and inbound marketing were synonymous with each other. And I was confused by that. Um, but the my, my, my overall take on this is HubSpot is, has been extraordinarily successful at defining a term for their audience. They have been, I mean, just by leaps and bounds, extraordinarily successful at defining inbound marketing for a very specific audience, which was the small and medium-sized business. They just went out and defined it. And if you look at the respondents to their uh, to the to the survey, that they that the study that they did, it's it's overwhelmingly that you know we're not talking about enterprises here. We're talking about small and medium-sized businesses um, that have loved and continue to love the HubSpot brand and what they stand for. Great. But they're making a classic mistake. And you can, and, and I believe in, in trying to redefine that as they pivot toward the enterprise and they add in other elements of what they're doing from an expansion standpoint, the CRM system. Now they're pivoting. There's this no secret now that they're pivoting toward the enterprise and, and moving into more complex, um, implementations and services and going head to head with Joe's old company at Aliqua and, and of course, you know, uh, uh, Marketo and marketing automation more broadly. And that you've got something where a company defined a term, which the others in their peer group, the Marketos and Aliquas and, and Actons and all that didn't take up because of the obvious reason and started to come on to the content marketing uh, idea that has become more enterprise. And now they're trying to extend the idea of inbound marketing into that audience. And it's just not working. It's just not, it's just not working. And so to expand that into that is, is very tempting, but ultimately I don't think it can, you know, I mean, and look, it's fine if they want to do that. My, my only challenge with the whole thing is don't define content marketing because content marketing is not a top of funnel only process. It is something that gets, so if you want to look at it as a Venn diagram and there's an overlap, great. If there, there are certainly elements that way overlap, great. They're both methodologies that get infused into the broader marketing strategy. Great. Don't have a problem with any of that, but don't redefine content marketing in your attempt to redefine yourself. That's my only. Well, that was originally three years ago. That's exactly what we were, what we had the issue with. Was you can inbound? Right. That's fine. That's great. If people are calling in inbound, no problem at all. But you know, 
leave content marketing alone just a little bit on right. the respondents. So I want to give the survey some fair due. Uh, they put a lot of time right. and effort into it. Joe obviously did. It's very pretty. Um, 3,570 respondents. <laughs> Uh, from what I can gather, and just so, I mean, most of the people we talked to are enterprises, so that's what we were, I was mostly concerned about. About nine, a little, it looks like about 90% of the companies that filled these out are less than a 1,000 employees. So most are, su- actually, most are super small companies, from what I can gather, is the sheer majority are under 100 employees, from what we can, from what I can see, at least from their audience development. So, so there's that. Um, now, what I asked Joe today, actually, I said, can you give me the detail for what people believe about content marketing versus inbound marketing just for large companies, just for that large company breakout? So he he gave right. me that. So for, for the smaller audience area, so you can go into the report if you want to get the all the numbers. But I just asked him for the enterprise stuff, which is not in the report. So he yeah. said 32%. Con- believe content marketing is a subset of inbound. 10% believe it's syn- synonymous. 13% believe inbound is a subset of content marketing. 17% feel that the two are drastically different. And 27% don't know. So what basically it says in the report and then Joe followed up and said is that the public has spoken <laughs> That content marketing is a is a subset of of inbound, and I I, I said well that's that's one way, one way to read numbers. that. <laughs> um, the the one thing that and I responded to somebody on Twitter today about it. This is Joe. What do you think? And I said, well, all I have to say is is that uh, content marketing is both inbound and outbound in nature. Done right, we're looking at all possibilities. We're not just looking at top of the funnel, and we're not just looking at one necessary philosophy, which I would say inbound is sort of a philosophy for how we would go to market. So that's the one thing that I had. And and then, um, and then Joe said something really interesting on Twitter and, and you can look it up. And he said, but you can do outbound in an inboundy way. And I almost spit out my coffee <laughs> and I told him that by the way. So all this is on the record. Cause I told Joe <laughs> everything, it's all public. And I'm like, seriously, I, you know, and, and look, I don't want to belabor this too much here, but 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 the 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 fact that they were they've been so successful. I mean, they're about to go public, right? I mean, you know, so I mean, if this is a they've been there's no doubt that they've been successful mm-hmm. in what they've done here. Understand that the inbound process is, uh, as least as I understand it, and I've read the books, and I've 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 been around for a while, and 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 I and I understand what the software used to do. I haven't seen the CRM system yet, but I understand what the software used to do. And I look at somebody like what Julie Fleischer is doing at Kraft, and I I defy somebody to tell me what Julie Fleischer is doing at Kraft with her content marketing strategy and tell me how that's an inbound process. It's just not. And, you know, and for those of you who don't know, what Julie is doing with, at Craft is she's using content with a known set of subscribers to help program the uh, her targeted ad buy, her regular targeted ad spend. They're using it to just inform it and use for programmatic ad buying. That, to me, is not an inbound use. It's not about being found. It's not about driving a lead through a funnel. It has nothing to do with either of those two things. It's not about, it's not even really about sales. It's about helping their advertising spend be more effective, driving more effectiveness out of a programmatic ad buy. The idea that content can affect a business, uh, a business result that has nothing to do with the top of the funnel is kind of at the heart of content marketing. It's certainly how it got its start. And the entirety of the fun, how it actually affects the entirety of the funnel is what the important part of content marketing is. Now, again, if inbound, if they decide that they want to stretch to that, they want to stretch their term to that level. Great. I'm all for it. I'm totally, I'm totally down with getting inbound, um, around an idea of HubSpot and inbound marketing as covering the entirety of the funnel and inboundy, outboundy, yep. whatever, and, and providing for great. Just don't redefine content marketing in your attempt to do that and try and co-opt it. That's no, my I, only, I, that's I, my I only just, no, it's a that. really good point. I think that's the most important thing that we would like to, to take away from this is I, 
you know, content marketing, we're fine. <laughs> you know, content marketing is is fine. There's no need. But I actually think, and I have to read the new version of Inbound, the book that Brian Halligan and Darmes just released. Well, I, and admittedly, I, I haven't have read it yet. Read I have it here, it. but I really think that at yeah. least looking at the report that Joe Chernoff here put together, it looks like they're expanding the definition, which is to to your point, is fine. Great, and they because it used to be. And I think that's the one we used in the initial blog post in 2011. We used the definition from inbound, which was really, really, really top of the funnel. Like how to get found on the internet. Inbound. Yeah. And I think they've changed that and they're looking at more as the, at the, the full buyer's journey. And especially with some of the questions that they're asking in this research, I think they're doing that. But I think that it's it's just tough. And this is what I told Joe. I was real honest with him. We were emailing back and forth today. And I just said, what I don't get is I see the data. And I see, and, and, and granted, the data is you know mostly coming from HubSpot subscribers. Half our, half our, I believe you said almost half our customers, half are not. But, it came, but, but are, yeah. they are subscribers in some way to HubSpot. Joe. I think, I, I, look, and, and there's a, another post that came out today from Jay Kunzo who, who used to work at HubSpot and who I think summed it up extraordinarily well, who basically said, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't I think matter. That's it. It's marketing. And if it drives a result, I, mean, I love the, I love the line and I'm going to get it wrong. So sorry, Jay, I'm going to get this wrong. But, but I love the line where he said, basically, unless you've got leads for me, then shut up because I don't care about the difference between the two. I'm going to use, and he came up with this really awesome acronym, which was, you know, basically doing content things to drive business results and with, you know, getting found. And, you know, he came up with this really awesome acronym for it, which basically is, it doesn't matter. And we've said this before. It doesn't matter what you call it. As long as you're using content to affect a business result, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter what you call it. And I don't ultimately care, which is why I don't care ultimately if uh, HubSpot wants to expand the definition of inbound to whatever they want i'm 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 totally down for that i just don't want them i i i fight the good fight every single day to get content marketing beyond the top of the funnel and so when you call it a subset of inbound where i have a particular understanding of what inbound is that you have defined for me then you're calling it a subset of the top of the funnel which makes my job harder when I go into an enterprise and they go, well, wait, oh, content marketing is for more than just the top. Yes, of course it is. And let's talk about that. It just makes it harder. And that's, that's where I, that's where I get my, no, that's, that's a great point. But the one thing I was going to say, and this is where I was sort of at a loss when I was talking to, to Joe Chernoff today. I'm like, I I don't hear this with any of our customers. I don't hear them. they're, They're hiring content marketing managers and directors and chief content officers and they're setting up content marketing centers of excellence. And I never hear the term. So that's why, why I see, and this is what troubles me, when I see data like this, I'm like, where am I living at? I just don't, <laughs> I just don't see it because I think we're just dealing with, with larger, different kind of companies that, that answered the survey. And that's fine. Yeah, well, and that, that's completely I mean, that's, fine. That's true. Well, that, and that's just, that, that's just true, right? I mean, we deal with a different audience. Then, then you know they they're dealing with the audience that they have truly driven a lot of value in, which is the SMB business. They've I mean they've truly driven so much value into there, and we just we've been operating at the enterprise level. You know most small businesses, quite frankly, when we get asked uh, by SMBs, they don't know what we do. They don't understand. They don't really understand even. I mean, so that twenty seven percent that said I don't know, I, I totally yeah. get that, right? I. I because we, I run into that all the time with SMBs. Content, what? What are you talking about? Content marketing? It's usually an enterprise, highly complex, matrixed, very siloed organization that we're dealing with. So I think we'll probably leave it there. I mean, I'm <laughs> so we were asked to comment on it. I think that we did a pretty good job of it. Uh, I think that we have a pretty solid definition of, of what content marketing is and. We have a belief, I guess, what inbound is, although I, I think that what I've come out of this conversation, Robert, believing is that they really are expanding that definition and and seem like they're trying to take an enterprise and more power to them as long as yeah, as long absolutely. as I, and I think and that we are to. all on the yeah. same page. We, we don't want any more confusion than there already is because there are obviously some people confused and I see this on on Twitter, but really we just want to be helpful. We want to get people, our customers to understand that 
that there is a lot of uh, benefits to a content marketing approach. And and I just I don't think we need to get bogged down in inside baseball, which I think this is what this is for the That's most right. part. I think it's just right. there's well, a couple people really, I mean, yeah. talking only, about this, and we only care, and nobody else cares. Exactly. <laughs> that exactly right. That is exactly right. I mean, this is as Jay said, navel gazing at its best. I mean, this is exactly what this is. So so yes. So now we've commented. We can move on to uh, other items in Let's the do news. That. Um, yeah, so this next one comes, speaking of terms, um, is a really interesting article that is on this site, came from the site qz.com, and, the, and the, the article covers, the headline of the article is Preparing for the Corporate Journalism Wave, and it really talks about how this idea, this is something we've covered on the show before, there was a Pew Research study that I know, Joe, is one of your favorites um, that came out that, that talked a little bit about this, and it's this idea that in PR and corporate communication specifically, the rise of journalism and journalistic skills and jobs and, and those types of things within brands. And the, the article goes on to talk about how this, you know, this idea of native advertising and other elements of, uh, of the way that market or companies are going to market is completely changing with this idea and how it's starting to compete now with traditional journalism. And this guy really sort of you know takes a little bit of both sides there. What did you think about this article? I mean, I I asked you this before, and this is where I'm. the The, the real stat that they go into is four point six public relations specialists for every re- reporter in 2013, and that's a growth over three point two to one margin that existed a decade ago in 2004. Yeah, and then they talk about the pay difference, which seems to be. 55,000 for PR to 35,000 for reporter. I get and that gets into that whole and that well that gets into that whole Pew research thing that you just you you went on a rant about about the idea of what you know where are you looking what what numbers are you using here what you know it's just it's 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 a little crazy to sort of compare Yeah, I said so beside the point I think I just have to of course I always make the point because I think that some of these stats are just Ridiculous. I think so. They're talking about reporters, as in reporters that work for traditional media, not reporters that work for brands. Right. So that that's a big. That's right. So and and I and I I always I'm always like dumbfounded as like do they just throw everything in public relations? I mean, is that where is are like are are brand side reporters in in this public relations number? Like I don't know. Yeah, I would really right. like to know. Um, but I guess you know goes on and says basically a whole article about this is this is good and bad. And I guess the, the rant, I have a little bit of a rant on part of the story and, and I'm probably shouldn't, shouldn't be getting uh, off tangent here, but let's, let's do it. Why not? It's this old marketing. We'll do it. <laughs> Goes on and talks about these PR specialists or, or journalism people that are being hired on the brand side, which fall into this PR bucket. They are, it's a best, better way to put it. Um, they're, they're into this thing called branded content. So they call it branded content, and then they intersperse that with native advertising like it's the same thing. So he defines branded content right. as telling better stories about the brand. I, I would actually define that as branded content too. But then throws in, oh, well, then you've got this thing called native advertising, which is pretty much branded content. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you – and then the whole thing is talking about really this opportunity – is that we're we have this native advertising opportunity that we can start telling stories entertaining stories about our products and we can use them on other publisher sites and there's a therein lies an opportunity and it's also an opportunity for media companies at the same time because now they have more control over their revenue i, I just i read that and i'm like are you kidding me like ser- seriously, <laughs> like why is right. why is the opportunity in branded content and this whole shift that we see in PR? Why is that about talking about ourselves a little bit more interesting? Uh, it seems like just <laughs> oh let's just let's just tell better let's just create better advertising. I think is what they're talking about in this. Did you take it differently, or am I reading this completely wrong? Well, no, I think he's. Uh, you know, it's interesting. This 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 the article came about, across as sort of a. A, a more backhanded compliment the, to, to the idea of what John Oliver was really going on about, right? Which is this idea and, you know, and, and quite frankly, uh, what John Oliver did in kind of a funny way and what uh, Doug Kessler 
a couple of weeks ago did in a really, uh, I thought, clever, smart, interesting, provocative way, which is talk about the fact that, you know, can, and it's a question, it's a provocative question, which is, can brands that adopt this newsroom mentality and hire corporate reporters and cover the news, can they be trusted? Can you actually, can you actually do this in a way that actually respects what journalism quote unquote is and his conclusion is basically he thinks it cuts both ways he thinks that you know that that corporations will do this regardless of whether it's trusted or not some may be trusted some may not be he says you know the authentic news reporting and corporate journalism are bound to compete as the audiences enjoy you know uh, all of these different channels etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, he goes on to then say you know, and I think this is where he's sort of like couching his own, you know, or hedging his own bet or couching his own argument a bit is where he says, well, look, it's going to be, but it'll be small. It'll be, don't, you don't need to worry about it because it'll always be a smaller piece of the pie. And the big news. What did you think about that? That's the last sentence of this whole thing. I mean, we should probably read it. Like I I was shaking my head because it says, of course, He says, of course, corporate journalism will remain small compared to the editorial content produced by a newsroom, but it could be quite effective in the long run. I, I think he's wrong. I don't think it'll necessarily be small. I think it could be bigger than any of the exactly. news. You know, we haven't seen it yet, but it, it could certainly be bigger than regional newspapers or local newspapers, if, if not you know, national newspapers or global newspapers in, in many cases. I think that jury is still is still out, and I think – the trust issue is an interesting one to debate, certainly, as I've said many times, not one where a marketer has a lot of uh, a, a lot of, you know, I, I, of course, I'm going to purport myself to be trustworthy and and and, um, you know, and, and worthy of an, building an audience that can cover the news. But whether or not that actually happens or not is is really, a you know, is for the ethics and journalism uh, scholars to debate yeah. a little bit. So, yeah, I, it, it's interesting. I guess just to wrap this up. There are some things to take away, some interesting tidbits, but it seems to me that the author looks at this strictly from the PR side. Like, I think that if you spent any time looking at what's going on in content marketing right now, you would have come out with it with a different last sentence or in a different whole last couple of paragraphs, which basically looks at, oh, drier journalism versus well-designed, flashy corporate content production. What? Seriously? Yeah, I, I I just I guess I just yeah. look at it different because we know that there's so many brand newsrooms that are doing some amazing work, and I don't think it's I wouldn't call it creative advertising. Um, no, I, I and I, I agree with that, and I think the other thing to take away here is is that it, it goes beyond PR, right? I mean, what we see so many times in in organizations, especially the ones we're working with day to day, is is where journalists are struggling with quite frankly that and that usually they're coming up through the PR department and PR in its effort to remain effective in the business and quite frankly relevant in the business is digging deep into brand demand generation social other elements of the marketing business and saying we want to help right we want to actually help you create things and the journalism the journalists that are within that group are finding it very difficult, quite frankly, to get into a marketer's mindset. And so it's a real balance there between, because the journalists that are, quite frankly, being hired to write demand gen and white papers and articles and blogs are not having that level of, 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 of difficulty. So it's a it, it's emerging for sure. And, and to sort of relegate it out to sort of traditional PR and corporate communications couldn't be a worse mistake, right? That is, that's the one big takeaway is like, don't relegate, you know, your, the, the newsroom to just sort of traditional PR yeah. functions. You've got to pull them into the holistic function of marketing and content marketing methodologies in there. And maybe some inbound. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you you yeah. had me, man. Um, oh, yeah. That's gonna yeah. That's gonna that's gonna well, be a running joke. I, I've got to mention this because they they did they did mention native advertising and they did go into it quite a bit. And as I was scrolling down at the end of this, there's popular content on the left hand side of the page. This is quartz.com, qz.com, or quartz. So they have sponsored right. content by Porsche, and of course, I see sponsored content. I I got to click on it and check it out. So it's quartz at the top, says Bulletin by Porsche right at the top. So you can see that there's 
Of course, it's it looks like sponsored, and then they put sponsored content right above the headline. So it's you know you you've got a couple warnings there, but what I think it, what I thought was interesting is I scrolled down to the bottom and just wanted to read this because it's it's interesting to see how they position this. This article was produced on behalf of Porsche by the Quartz marketing team and not by the Quartz yeah. editorial staff. Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to throw that out so. because it's a very interesting way they are they are trying to be as clear as possible that the editorial staff is not touching this and this is paid content. Yeah, so, anyways, there you go. Of fantastic. course, I had to get. It's I know fantastic. we didn't talk about native advertising, but so I had to get it in somehow. Yeah, well, it's like you know mm, mm, the ironies. Mm, so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. To our next story. And this one has got us both smiling and laughing and uh, just raving, I have to say. Um, The article comes from today, actually. So a bit of breaking news, as it were, from PNR. Um, In Adweek, Marriott, the hotel chain Marriott, launches a content marketing studio uh, where they announced that following the trend of marketers becoming publishers, uh, Marriott International launches a global creative and content marketing studio not an inbound studio, a content marketing studio to handle internal work for its portfolio of 18 travel-related brands. Um, the VP of Creative Content Marketing and Global Marketing, David Beatty of Marriott, said we see this as an opportunity of the world's largest producer of travel-related content. I think that's a fascinating content mission for them and just a huge – I mean, we've you know we've talked about Red Bull before and we've talked about GoPro and we've talked about others that have – created these content studios and here we are we have you know a travel and leisure brand which is creating an entire studio around the idea of content well my take on this is here we go i mean this is what we've been yeah. expecting this yeah. to happen and they mentioned some really good you know they, they mentioned brands like red bull and gopro who have already done this and now yeah. we're seeing marriott and i think that i mean how long is it going to take? Are, are we going to see some some pins falling here, Robert? That we're we're going to start seeing this more and more now that you've got some big brands laying down significant multi million dollar investment. I mean, this is this is interesting. They're they're they talk about this. Marriott has signed a stable of exclusive talent from the online space. They've got Sonia Gill, who's a famous travel person. Uh, they're they're going to look at actually putting a number of shows in development. They got Renaissance Hotels, Indie Music Performance Series, The Navigator Live. I mean, they are they are programming content. It is yeah. this is like a media company and it is and I saw this. This isn't like this a is. media company. This is a media <laughs> company. This is them be, this is them acting as a media company. It is this is this is what, you know, this is what we talk about, right? This is, you know, obviously not every brand has to go to this extent and not every brand will go to this extent, but it is giving the function of content a real and active piece of the business, right? A real investment with real responsibilities, hopefully real metrics and real, uh, and real, you know, accountability. And, but it's, 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 it's bet, as you just said, it's bet, making a big bet on content as something that's going to move the business forward. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting. Can I, can I ask you a, um, um, a question on this one? I want to get your take. Yeah, sure. says Gartner's Andrew Frank says this, it can be a risky move, however, because brands can be less, can be less experienced in creative and media strategy compared to agencies. Generally, do you agree with that? No, I don't at all. I don't. I don't. I don't agree with that one bit. Um, I think if we've if if we've seen anything, we've seen the opposite of that. I think agencies can be experienced at this. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that just because they have an agency or that they have fourteen names as part of the name of the company that they are all of a sudden experts at creating media, especially long form narrative, story driven media. Um, you know, most of the, where we see most of the agencies really struggling at this is, yeah, they know how to produce a 30 second spot. They know how to create a beautiful print ad. They can create amazing campaigns, but they don't necessarily have the skills, expertise and, or, uh, and, or even, you know, uh, experience in creating long form, short form narrative related, you know, content that we would normally associate with a, with a media company. And it's why, by the way, there is a burgeoning industry going on right now in both New York and LA, um, 
where smaller companies are beginning to come in and really, you know, create, you know, some of them are getting bought, by the way, some of these creative agencies that are that are formerly content creation studios um, that worked in Hollywood or New York for television companies and for film companies are now getting, you know, either engaged by agencies, engaged by brands or bought by one of the former to, to sort of well, handle to, that. to your so, point. And then yeah. uh, Mr. Frank uh, redeems himself here because says since most agencies are not organized to support content marketing en- engagements at a certain scale, it can be more cost effective to bring it in house. Um, I think with what Marriott's goal is for this is, which looks like they want to be the leading resource for travel content. I don't see how you could not bring it in house. I think that's true. I think, you know, and I think even perhaps even more that than 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 cost efficiency, um, because the the immediate place to go for cost efficiency is you want to say, oh, because it's because we hire the people, um, uh, it's cheaper. And that's not always true, as those of us who who have who've worked in businesses and own businesses actually know hiring people can be some of the most it is the most expensive thing you'll ever do uh, uh, that was a lesson i learned from one of my venture capital investors who said the only expensive thing you will ever do is yeah. hire people um and to that end what i think it does is the difference between bringing this in-house is the consistency is the institutional knowledge creativity and um, experience that you gain in working together as a team. And that's the difference between creating a media company and creating an agency, right? Creating an in-house agency is not the solution. Creating an in-house agency that does campaigns and or creative is not the this solution. Creating an, an in-house media company where you hire people to create a 24-7, 365 focus on content and media gives you the institutional sort of knowledge that you'll leverage costs in over the over the long term. And I think that's really the cost. Uh, well, the what cost I think is interesting and in a lot of the skeptics that are in this article where it says, and Frank noted, it isn't easy to become a global entertainment entity. Uh, Marriott has an uphill right. battle considering how many travel programs are already established in the online and offline. I would say that's true if this was a new launch, a new venture. What's different is is that Marriott has millions of customers, millions of reward program yeah. customers, loyalty programs that have been going for a long time. They have an audience that's already built in. They've got a head start. Yeah. Well, they have a bit of a head start. I mean, they've got a great, oh, true, great content, true. right? I but mean, it, but, but if, if you were public, if you were starting a, a brand new media company, the first thing you're looking for is I need circulation. I need audience. Well, they have audience to start yeah. with. Of course, they want to grow it. That's they right. want to create more relationships with it. They want it to be loyal, but they have it. So it's a great place to start. Yeah, that's so. ex- that's that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And <clears throat> they don't have to be. They don't have to be a TV network, right? They just have to your to your exact point. They don't have to. They don't have to win the That's Nielsen right. rating. They don't right? need they, to get all advertising. They have to do is be, exactly. They just need to be resonant with the community that they need to be resonant with, which is their customers. So to make them more loyal, to make them well, you know, have a, a higher net promoter score, to have the to to you know to travel to Marriotts more, to be more engaged with the Marriott brand, all you know, all those wonderful metrics is based on a very finite audience, and they, and so and so therefore they don't have to they don't have to continually um, you know expand their Nielsen ratings to to satisfy advertisers. They can simply entertain, inform, and engage a, a, a very finite, discrete audience. And drive a business result. And I, I'd love to do an analysis of who they would be competing against in the travel and entertainment industry, content side industry. And if you did, looked at how much free cash flow, and you really did a financial analysis, I'm pretty sure that Marriott would come out on top of every one of those calculations with the, the amount of money oh, they have free cash flow, R&D development over any media company because it's a media well, it's company media company very, revenues just yeah. can't keep up with corporate revenues you just it, it's going to be some very small percentage of their yeah. tv buy right i mean that's the you know you say this a lot it's like how much content could you buy if you just didn't do a super bowl true. commercial that year you know and it's just like you can buy a lot of content marketing effort for for what you spend in in your or like a hundred thousand you know, domino's pizzas buy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something like that. Well, speaking yes. Well, speaking of paying the bills and and and, and getting a business effect, we have a, a wonderful sponsor. We, we absolutely do. So again, this week, 
This Old Marketing is delighted to be sponsored by Emma. Emma is oh, oh Emma, Emma. I know. I Email marketing Emma. for the modern brand. Featuring mobile responsiveness, Absolutely. responsive templates, social integration tools, and our ever-favorite concierge services. Emma is promoting a new service, and we both like this, called One Great Idea. So basically, all you do is you go to this link, and we'll give it to you, bit.ly.com slash PNR-idea. It's bit.ly.com slash PNR-idea, all lowercase. And you send them a link to your email marketing campaign. And they'll send you one totally doable tip so that you can get better results the next time. It's completely free. It's sort of part of their service mentality. And uh, what a great idea. And I know they're having a lot of success with it. So when you get a chance, go and check out uh, One Great Idea. And thanks again to our friends at Emma, myemma.com, for all their support of this old marketing. Fantastic. So, fan, I love that. I, lo- I love what they do. It's just such a great. It's just such a great idea. I mean, it's you know, it's truly content so good you'd pay for it. To quote our friend Plus Jay Bear, who did Jay did Jay weigh in on this argument? By the way, during during the day, I mean, well, I what, did you, what did you what did you do? So Say again. See, but, I was saying, did Jay Bear weigh in on this inbound? No, this was in. This was just thing? Twitter stuff back and forth between but Joan Sherman oh, okay. and I. Today, I believe, is Jay Bur- Jay Bear's birthday. So. It yeah, is his birthday he's not, today. It is his, and he's in, he, he he's, he's out in having Europe, a good time. So. He's not uh, he's not he doesn't <laughs> care about inbound versus content <laughs> marketing. That's <laughs> yeah, the last exactly. thing on his mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the show, which everybody loves. It's our rants and rave section where Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave about something that has just made us happy or made us a little angry. Um, and so uh, Joe has this old marketing. Uh, so he is going to go. Oh first. my gosh! I never get to go first because you always do this old marketing, yeah. but I have it this week. So, <laughs> you know, I wanted. I thought this was really important. I, so here's what happened. So I'm on Facebook. This happened two nights ago, and I'm scrolling do, through the feed like I normally do and seeing what's going on with my friends and whatnot. And there's a sponsored piece of content that comes through Facebook on the mobile screen. And it talks about the it's, it's something entitled, and I have the picture of it. It was something entitled "The Real Reason Why LeBron James Chose to Leave Miami." And I'm like, "Well, shoot! Of course, I'm a Cleveland fan, big LeBron James fan. He's coming back to Cleveland. I'm interested in this. I want to know the real reason. It got me right away. It's a great piece of sponsored content, right? I go into it, I click on it, and right away something seems odd because." It looks like ESPN. It says ESPN News, but it just seemed a little bit off. And I'm going through and I'm reading it, and it's talking about how LeBron had the big weight loss and Miami was really upset uh, with the whole thing, and that's why LeBron was thinking about leaving. And then it went into LeBron started taking these supplements, and these supplements dropped Uh 25 pounds in the first 30 days or something like that, and it was amazing results, and Miami staff was unhappy with it, but LeBron is stronger than ever. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like – what did I get into? And I keep going down and down, and then it gets really spammy. And then I'm reading the comments of the article because now I'm intrigued. I'm like, is this spam? And going through, and the you got to read the comments. They're so funny. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. If Le- it works for LeBron, it'll work for me. And like, I'm oh like, you got to be kidding me. So <laughs> I'm saying this, and this is my rant against Facebook because I totally fell for this piece of spam and that it did not get caught in their ad review process is totally unacceptable. I mean, it is, this is the word. And then you could read the comments. Then I went back out of the article, went back to Facebook and read the comments. And you could see it's like, everything was like, I can't believe Facebook let the spam in. This is spam. spam." I mean, like it was really horrible that the whole thing happened. So my take is, well, this is going to happen more and more, you know, is, I mean, it's just, I mean, this is a this is a shot across the bow of native. Well, but but here's the too, thing: you know, it this is this is going to give that gives native a bad name because this all this takes is a quick review. Like nobody checked yeah. this obviously because the URL was not ESPN. That doesn't scale. That's the hard thing to scale. I mean, it's really hard to scale that. It really, really is. I, you know, I mean, think about the amount of advertising they have to review at Facebook. You know, and then think about scaling that up to a Google size thing. Where you're actually scaling that up to, you know, and the and the interesting thing is, is that 
trying to scale that with a human involved is just is is really expensive and really and really hard. So it's it'll be interesting because they'll they'll have a human review it, but they're only going to do it based on an algorithm, right? You know, just if it matches some alert level that you know and this obviously they figured out a way to get it through i mean it's it's, it's i think you're going to see more of this. Uh, it just it just made me sad and i yeah you're right yeah. you're absolutely right i mean it's hard i mean how many ads do they have coming in every second on facebook but still it's a problem and this is why you've got this oh, yeah, is why i mean problem. for all i mean i've heard a lot of negative reviews i haven't gotten an invite yet so i'm not on elo yet i i guess you have to be somebody somewhat famous would you like an invite, buddy? I, I, can send you I, invite I you like didn't one. send me one. I was a little upset about it, actually. <laughs> well, you know, you didn't ask. You just got to ask, Yes, man. actually I would because I would like to check it out before it closes down. It ain't all um, that a bag of chips, I'll tell you that. I, but you know what? Uh, that's I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why there's so much excitement over, oh, maybe, of course, it's always there's always a, the next new thing, and then they always go back to something else. But – it right. is interesting. So that was my my rant, and I was just significantly. And I'll put a a picture of it. I've saved the the screenshot. I'll make sure we put it in the show screenshot. notes. Screenshot, yeah, fantastic. Well, mine is a very quick rave this week. I, you know, I have been there's. I mean, if for any frequent listener of the show, you know, I'm a fan of what GE has been doing from a B two B perspective, and the 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 content marketing effort that they have done is from a brand perspective, from an overall brand of GE is just, you know, nothing short of really just remarkable. Um, this is not necessarily content marketing effort. It is just, I think it's the, one of the best ads I've seen in a long time. And certainly one of the best B2B ads I've seen in a, in a, in a long time. Um, it's this idea, and, and and the link itself comes from Fastco Create, which had a, a a nice article on the ad as well as a, as well as the embed of the video itself. Um, and it's basically GE presenting the life of a creative idea as portrayed by some weird hairy monster. And it's basically the idea that they just do so brilliantly in the course of one minute is show how an idea starts out as scary, ugly, really weird, just off, you know, just so off the beaten path and how everybody freaks out around it and, you know, abuses it. But then if you take care of that idea and you actually nurture it and bring it in and when it goes through the GE, the doors of GE is a, oh, it's just, it, it touches you on so many levels and, it's, and, and, and the emotion is just one of them. And they say in the article, um, I'm not sure how this is true or not, but I haven't had a chance to research it. But they talk about in the article about how this is really geared toward kids and innovation and you know, really creating GE as a brand that is focused on innovation and new ideas for kids coming out of school where they might want to work at GE. And uh, it, it just – it nails it. I mean it's just it, – to me, it's just a 10 out of 10 ad and I just – I love it from the storytelling aspect, from the emotionality of it from a brand that you would normally not expect that kind of emotionality out of. And it's just a wonderful. Do you know wonderful. if they're doing anything? Just are they doing anything uh, outside of the, the advertising around this? Is there, I believe they are. Yes. I, from what I read, there is a, there is a much longer version of this and they're sort of leveraging it as a bigger idea. I have not seen the expressions of that though. So I haven't seen anything else other than the ad, but I, but my understanding is, is that it oh, is our good friend, Linda Boff. I mean, she was on the cover of a chief content officer a few months, a yeah, few, uh, actually a few years back. Now she says, we think it will have particular residents with recent graduates thinking about their careers. That's <laughs> there you go. Going after yeah. the kids. Yeah, there it is. There you gotta you gotta love that. So yeah, so that's my that's my rave this week. Just just a fantastic, just a fantastic emotional story. I mean, it just shows you can tell a tell a great story in in a minute, and it's just and and create a and create a great emotional Absolutely. connection. So hats off. Well, I have uh, for a change. I'm going to give you a break from this old marketing. And I was thinking about <laughs> what the example should be, and I was like, I can't believe I'm not going to talk about. The Guitar Center TV. Uh, I have to talk about them. Of course, uh, many already know that we're a content marketing world and there was a lot of press around it, but Guitar Center was given the top honors for the 2014 Content Marketing Awards. So I was, yeah, up on stage with the great folks from Guitar Center and we'll put some of the notes, uh, we'll put some of the detail in the show notes, but basically they also received the award for highest subscriber growth and what what they've been telling me is talking to the folks there 
are getting something like 2,600 subscribers every week talking about, and they're, they're basically highlighting the talent. And they've got, if you haven't had a wow. chance, you've got to go to Guitar Center TV. So it's basically youtube.com slash Guitar Center TV and see some of these. And what I think I admire most about the program is a lot of the brands we know that have um, YouTube channels, they, they work on big production and fewer videos. And I believe Guitar Center produces like three or four or five of these a day. And some of them get 6,000, 7,000 views. Some of them get 70,000 views. Some of them get 100,000 views. Some of them get millions of views. But it's just interesting to see the different types of content. They have different channels set up. So as you were mentioning before, they've got their direct TV stuff. They've got uh, Nick Harcourt specials. They've got Q&A interviews that they're doing. They've got this thing that uh, called Drum Off that seems to really be taking off as well. So just look at the different programming. It's almost similar to what... Marriott's trying to do, but but Guitar Center's just doing it on YouTube. So wanted to just throw that out there. Congratulations to them for Content Marketing Award Project of the Year. And I think it's a really good example of what you can do on YouTube with some uh, quality video. And it's funny. They never, of course, they never talk about their products and services, but their products are in every every one, of every course, one right. of these I mean, videos. You can't get away from it, right? You got like, it. Right. Uh, no, it's it's fantastic. Oh well, where where are you? Are you I'm home actually this home week? this what, week. What's going um, on with you? Working on. We're actually working Fantastic. on Content Marketing World 2015. Believe it or not, and we're working on Intelligent wow. Content Conference, which will be in San Francisco in March. And of yes. course, yeah. we are also working on Content Marketing World Sydney in Singapore, which will be March. Actually, right before Intelligent Content Conference, and and you and I will be traveling the world. It seems. <laughs> We doing uh, having all that kind of fun. Uh, so after after Arkansas, where are you headed, my friend? I am home for the rest of the week, and then I head to New York. I will be in New York next week, working with the the good folks at Scholastic, oh, nice. the the wonderful yeah the wonderful organization there. I'll be doing a little work with those guys um, on content marketing, and then I'm also speaking at the C3 Conductor oh, C3 nice. Conference, which will be. So I think at yeah, the same time you're Wednesday. at C3. I think I'm at Marketing Profs. Speaking of, so I'll be in Boston. Yes. So we'll be as close closer to, than we normally are, I guess. <laughs> yes, exactly. We'll, so yeah, so I'll be coming to I'll be well, I'll be coming to you uh, when we record next week from uh, from the lovely Manhattan somewhere. There you go. Time. There you go. Well, safe travels. All right. And, uh, Thank you very much. And that is it for Joe Polizzi. This is Robert Rose. We are signing off. And won't you tweet us up at hashtag this old marketing. Hashtag us up, inbound marketing too, if you feel like it. I mean, come on. You know, if you got a question, send an email, won't you? This old marketing at contentinstitute.com. And if you like this episode, we hope you will consider subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher.com. All the links on the show notes available at thisoldmarketing.com on Saturday. Remember, everybody, it is your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing. 